Welcome to $100 Plus Mileage, the podcast about those New Hampshire bills that don't make the news but still could impact you. This podcast is all about teasing out those issues, giving you the pros and cons, and letting you know how to make your voice heard in this granite state democracy. I'm Anna Brown, Director of Research and Analysis for Citizens Count. And I'm Mike Dunbar, the content editor for Citizens Count. Okay, today we're verging a little bit into the territory of dystopian sci-fi. Oh, you know, there's all those movies where you see the government databases of citizens' faces, tracking everyone's movements, and of course, this is not just sci-fi anymore. This is something that we have seen with Facebook. You know, it's it's the technology that lets you open your phone just by looking at your face. And it can actually be used by governments to track people as they move around. It, it can be kind of creepy. Okay, I'll admit that I remember when Facebook rolled out that ability to like auto tag your friends and it like knew who the people were before you tagged them. And I always knew it was going to lead to this dystopian <laughs> terror that we have today. This horrible, scary world that we live in. Yes. Today's episode is brought to you by the word panopticon. Um, but also, to be fair, I feel like you and I are painting this really scary picture. And of course, I don't want to be like biased. There's also really good things about facial recognition technology when it comes to identify missing children, missing elders, and you know, unidentified victims. You know, there's there's a lot of unidentified bodies, uh, honestly, in the world. And so they're good things. But anyway, there is legislation in the New Hampshire House that's specifically looking at facial recognition technology. So tell me about it, Mike. Okay, yeah, there is. So there's a bill up for debate this year in New Hampshire. It's called HB 499, 499. And uh, it's setting out to set limits on how facial recognition technology can be used in the Granite State. So uh, there's important important caveats uh, to how it can and can't be used if this bill gets passed, uh, but we can get into that in a minute. Okay. So first off, let's just start with what's in the bill. Right. So there are actually two versions of this bill. Uh, so the bill as it was introduced, and then there's an amended version uh, that the committee worked up when they took a look at it. So let's start with the original bill as it was introduced by its sponsor. So it says in that bill that no officer or employee of uh, the a state agency can use facial recognition technology to engage in ongoing surveillance of an individual or a group of individuals in a public space unless... Unless, here comes the catch. Yes, there's, there's an unless in this one. Unless, uh, so law enforcement could get a court order for that kind of ongoing surveillance. So as this bill was originally written, uh, law enforcement wouldn't need to go to the courts to use facial recognition software unless they are going to uh, use it in a public space over at least three days. So if they're planning that sort of long-term surveillance, scanning everyone's faces in an area, the courts would have to give that the okay. So it kind of seems like this the original bill actually enables law enforcement to use facial recognition because it's saying, okay, you know, if it's three days or more, then you need a court order. But before that, you can kind of use it at will. Right. That's what's kind of confusing. You know, the, the short title of it is something about uh, prohibiting the use of facial recognition technology, but it's not exactly doing that. It's more setting up some guardrails, um, but only in these extreme circumstances uh, when the police are using facial recognition on everyone walking on a street or entering a house 
or driving under a bridge or whatever. Basically, when they go full on Big Brother. Oh, and I was so hoping we could get through this episode without a reference to 1984. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Don't fight the inevitable, Anna. All right. So uh, as originally written, HB 499 wouldn't stop the police from running any individual photo through facial recognition software. Okay. So now let's talk about the amendment. The House Executive Departments and Administration Committee is recommending the full House pass a complete rewrite of HB 499. <laughs> and so the amended version says that law enforcement can only use facial recognition technology with a search warrant supported by probable cause. Do not pass go. Do not collect $100 plus mileage. Do not use facial recognition software without a warrant. <laughs> exactly. So this amended version of HB 499 is much stricter and uh, the other thing I'll just note is in either the original bill or this amended version, any evidence illegally gathered from facial recognition technology would be inadmissible in court. So there's not it's not like, you know, you can go get like a fine or that police would go to jail or whatever it would be. It's just that this is restricting how they can use this technology. And that's that's pretty much it. Right. And there's one other part of this bill that is included in both the original version and the new amended version. It says no agency other than the DMV can create a database of searchable images of people's faces. So that's actually an expansion of an existing law from 2014 that says the DMV can't use facial recognition technology. So they've, they've already sort of been looking ahead to this and, and saying, all right, as we're gathering more data and images of people, we can't, we want, you know, we don't want this to be a free for all. Right, right. So the situation with HB 499 is one that we actually haven't run into yet on this podcast, and it's what happens when an original bill gets amended like this in a committee, and that can be kind of confusing if you're trying to follow what's going on with the bill. All of a sudden, it says there's an amendment tacked onto it. Like, what is the deal with that? Of course. It, it kind of seems almost like we're talking about two completely different bills here. We have the original version that is saying, all right, they need a court order if they're going to do it for three or more days, and as opposed to just like running once. And then there's the amended version, which says, uh-uh, nothing without a court ordered, uh, no, not a court order, a court warrant, a search warrant. Why was I searching for that word? It's fine. <laughs> the point of the story is this can be confusing. We have two versions. So the committee is recommending the full House of Representatives adopt the amendment and pass this rewritten version of HB 499. But the full House of Representatives doesn't have to follow the committee recommendation. It's just a recommendation. So they could reject the amendment and pass the original version that only dealt with like that long term three or more days. They could vote down the amendment and then write a completely different amendment about whatever they wanted. They could vote for the amendment and pass the new version of the bill. So then we have that stricter version where it's you have to have a search warrant. Or, of course, they could just kill the bill altogether. They could say, <laughs> forget about it. We're not going to regulate facial recognition at this point because we have other things in mind. Right. So basically, you're saying the full House of Representatives can just do whatever they want. Um, any version of this fair of this bill is fair game? Is that basically the deal? Yeah, I mean, kind of. There, there are rules of procedure. So they have to vote on certain things in certain orders, but there's no reason that they have to vote the same way the committee does. I will say they usually follow the committee recommendation. Mm -hmm. they, they acknowledge this committee had public hearings. They worked on it in executive sessions. So most of the time they listen to the committee recommendation and vote the same way. 
Okay, let's dive into the pros and cons of HB 499. To make this simpler, let's focus on the pros and cons of the amended bill, the stricter version, uh, since that's going to be what the full House votes on first. Let's get right into it. So what are some of the reasons my people are in favor of restricting the use of facial recognition by law enforcement? Right. So in many ways, this is a classic debate over privacy versus liberty versus safety and security. Privacy advocates argue you should be able to move freely without fear of having your movements tracked by some third party. Facial recognition technology lets police track people where they are. Right. So I want to play with some hypothetical situations to help explain this. And I know hypotheticals can be so annoying because they're they're not real. It's not something that's happened. But I think a lot of times when we're talking about this crazy technology, it can be helpful to think through how it plays out in the real world instead of just imagining these these databases and, and whatever. So Let's say the police have a theory that a robbery suspect is a recovering alcoholic. So they set up a camera to record everyone on a sidewalk leading to local AA meeting. And then they run everyone in that sidewalk through facial recognition software. That, I mean, depending on the software and what databases they're searching, they could have the names of all sorts of people going to AA meetings. And that's pretty private information. I mean, it's called Alcoholics Anonymous, not Alcoholics We Know Your Name. So um, that's just a you know, random hypothetical about the sort of private information that maybe the government could get if they, without much legwork necessarily. Right. And let's remember that HB 499 would still let police use facial recognition technology if the courts give a warrant to do so. So that means if there is enough proof or if there is an imminent danger, the courts could give the okay for that kind of thing. Yeah, and, and so this is relates to another argument against facial recognition t- technology in general, and of course this bill is just to limit it, and that is inaccuracy. <laughs> um, the software is particularly bad at identifying women and people of color. Right, but let me guess, if you're a middle-aged white web developer, let's say, it's probably really good at identifying you, right? Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Most of this technology was developed by, you know, middle-aged white guys working at Google, Facebook, other tech giants. And um, this is not a law enforcement story, but there is a horrible story from 2015 that really always sticks in my head about how Google rolled out this new photo identification tool And it was literally labeling black people as gorillas. Um, Mm. Horrifying, horrifying. Now, of course, the police, that's not something that would be relevant to police since they aren't just looking to identify, you know, what's a person, what's a tree, whatever else Google was searching for. But, you know, it kind of gives you an idea of how bad this software can be. Right, right. And to be clear, in this scenario, it's not that the facial recognition technology is failing to identify someone. It identifies someone as the wrong person, which can lead to Mm. innocent people getting arrested. I mean, it's real life consequences to this. Yeah. And so I, you know, it's sort of I was mulling this and it has issues that really overlap with a lot of the racial justice issues that have been such a conversation over the past year. There was just a sideline. I was curious. I went and looked up. The governor had a commission that looked at law enforcement reforms over this past summer. And I was just curious. I was like, I wonder, did they talk about facial recognition? And I couldn't see that they did. So I, you know, I wonder if that will maybe part of be part of the debate moving forward. 
But mm. okay, I, it's I feel like we've been doing a lot of hating on facial recognition technology, <laughs> but let's let's go on the flip side. This can be really amazing, right? Well, yeah. So facial recognition technology isn't just used to identify criminals. It's also used to identify missing persons, unidentified victims, people like that. So uh, at the bill hearings, there were a lot of people who testified against HB 499, both versions, because they worried it would get in the way of the law enforcement finding missing children, missing seniors, things like that. Yeah. So another hypothetical scenario that ended up getting a lot of debate in this hearing that I watched was, okay, a police officer has a photo of a younger person in a sexually suggestive pose, but they don't know is that person under age? They don't know who they are. They don't know if it's connected to any other sexual abuse. So maybe they run it through facial recognition. Maybe they could identify a potential victim and find out were they involved in a scenario like that involving sex abuse. But you know, it's there's then you get into that debate about okay, if there was if HB four ninety nine becomes law, would they be able to get a warrant with that photo? And it and it's hard to know because on one hand you had some people saying, well, okay, you're not just randomly coming across a photo of a girl in a or a boy for that matter in a suggestive pose. Like you probably came across that photo in as part of another investigation and the judge would probably grant the warrant. And then on the other side, people were saying, you, you don't know that. And, and this could be a child in danger and we're going to block this investigative tool. So, you know, it's, it's tricky. I find, you know, your, your heart goes out in that scenario. It's hard not to feel sympathetic to that scenario. Right. And it's worth noting at this point that some law enforcement officers actually showed up to the hearing to testify against this bill for that exact reason. So they argued that facial recognition is just one more tool in the toolbox and they don't want to have their hands tied by a law like this. Yeah, man, it's, it's hard. So, and okay, flipping it, right. There's even, so if we're talking about reasons against HB 499, there's also the other complete opposite of the spectrum where you're saying, Facial recognition should just be banned altogether. So right. that's a big departure from the police who are saying this is a really useful tool. But OK, I mean, you know, we talked about the problems identifying people. Maybe this technology is just too risky, too problematic right now. Right. So and actually there was a bill introduced last year that would have banned it completely for law enforcement. Uh, the argument there was that the technology is too flawed to ever be used uh, and after all, the misidentification of uh, problems that we talked about don't just magically disappear because the court grants a search warrant, you know? So, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. It's like, so if HB 499 becomes law and then they have to go get a search warrant, but then it still identifies the wrong person, if the police act on that, you, bad consequences could happen. Mm -hmm. Okay, so one more hypothetical scenario. Bear with me on all these hypotheticals because it came <laughs> up a lot in the hearing and it's so relevant right now. And it's the role of facial recognition technology in identifying people who attacked the Capitol on January 6th. Mm, yeah, lots of layers to that one. So first of all, HB 499 would only impact New Hampshire law enforcement. So whatever the feds do related to January 6th or anything like that wouldn't be affected by this bill. Yeah, it's, it's not like the New Hampshire State Police were running images of insurrectionists through the New Hampshire databases. Right, exactly. Yep. Okay, but hypothetical journey. So what if there was a similar incident of people invading the New Hampshire Capitol building and there were tons of pictures of these oh, people boy. online? 
<laughs> so HB, let's say HB 499, the amended stricter version, is law. What happens next? Okay, well, um, the state police could take those pictures to the courts and say, hey, look, this guy stealing the the eagle off the dome with on his head on a swivel, uh, <laughs> he's committing a crime. Can we use facial recognition to figure out who he is and track him down? And the courts would have the power to grant a warrant to do just that. Mm, right, because it's not this bill doesn't ban it. It's just saying you have to go to the court first. Right. So, all right. And another thing that happened on January 6th was members of the public looking at these photos and maybe even I saw some things on Twitter, like maybe even using their own facial recognition technology to try and find these people for law enforcement. What does the law say about that? Well, right now, New Hampshire doesn't have a law on facial recognition, but let's assume that HB 499, as amended, gets signed by the governor. So long as New Hampshire law enforcement doesn't ask someone, go use your facial recognition software on our behalf, private citizens are not breaking the law by trying to identify people in photos. But police couldn't just ask Facebook or some other company to run facial recognition and then throw up their hands and say, well, we didn't do it. So HB 499 wouldn't allow something like that. So, yeah, so it addresses like a loophole. It, it right. foresees like you, they, you can't just be like, oh, no, we didn't do it. It was a private we didn't do company. It. Facebook like, they did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they, they can't like go out and solicit it. But if someone was just privately doing it on their own, that would be fine. Private. Similarly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Webs. Oh, man, that's a whole that's a whole other episode we could talk about people misidentifying people. But right. anyway, <laughs> so this is related. HB 499 would not impact private businesses. So that means whether we're talking about what Facebook can do with your photos doesn't touch that. It also doesn't touch if a private business wants to use facial recognition on their own. So, for example, let's say some financial company wants to use it on everyone coming through their their front desk, you know, to see to make sure they're an employee or whatever. That would be still legal. Yeah, and that is a whole nother debate for a whole nother day. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. And, and to be clear, this is we talked about a couple different privacy-related bills that we could talk about today because right. there's several, and there's other ones that touch on Facebook. So um, Citizens Count does have a topic page called uh, Consumer Protection and Privacy, and we also have one on criminal justice reform. So people can definitely check that out, see the different bills that are moving through. But once again, HB 499. So... Let's say I'm someone who thinks this bill is a crucial protection for citizens' privacy, or I'm someone who thinks it goes too far, someone who thinks it doesn't go far enough. (laughs) What should I do? So uh, the Executive Departments and Administration Committee in the House uh, recently voted 17 to 1 that HB 499 ought to pass with the amendment that requires a search warrant. So next up, a vote by the full House of Representatives is going to take place. Uh, This means the best way to make your voice heard on this issue is going to be to contact your representative and tell them what how you think they should vote on this bill. And you can start by going to citizenscount.org and finding out who represents you and who you should contact. It's time for everybody's favorite segment now, only in New Hampshire. So, uh, yeah, Mike, you know, you know, I love this. I love me my weird New Hampshire facts. What do you have for me today? All right. So. Uh, did you know, first and foremost, that New Hampshire has a state vegetable? No, but honestly, not terribly surprised, considering I've seen bills for, like, a state 
Dinosaur, for example, I think it was. So hit me. Yes. Okay. So uh, the New Hampshire state vegetable is the white potato, which is that even a vegetable? Is, okay. Sorry. Continue. Uh, <laughs> what is that? Like a root vegetable? I I don't know. I I thought it was a this. starch. I thought that everybody hated carbs these days. It should be, maybe it should be the state carb. But maybe it can continue. Honor the vegetable. All right. So there's actually a reason because that sounds totally random, right? Like why a white potato? So uh, apparently, according to Wikipedia, early colonists in Virginia and the Carolinas may have grown potatoes from seeds or tubers from Spanish ships, but the earliest certain potato crop in North America was in Londonderry, New Hampshire in 1719. My hometown! Um, Okay. Yeah. So crazy, right? The first potato. Wow, New Hampshire. So, um, <laughs> again, according to Wikipedia, the plants were from Ireland, so the crop became known as the Irish potato. Thomas Jefferson says of the white potato, you say the potato, spelled P-O-T-A-T-O-E, is a native of the U.S. I presume you speak of the Irish potato. I uh, Yeah, so congratulations to New Hampshire. And actually, uh, Dairy, Dairy Village Elementary School uh, was responsible for getting the white potato named as the state vegetable after they learned that in 1719, yada, yada, yada. Um, So congratulations to them. Uh, I think that happened in 2013. So it hasn't been a long reign for the the white potato, but it finally got its due after all this time. Wow. And here I was hating on the state carb. I mean, here's the thing. (laughs) I will also just start petitioning to start spelling potato with the e at the end i feel like it makes it it feel so much fancier yeah kind of old-timey potato (laughs) yes also fun fact i recently because i feel like the world hates on potatoes these days because of the whole carb thing i recently tried a potato alternative it's called a (laughs) yuca are you familiar with this at all um it it rings a bell but no (laughs) Okay, it's one of those like really weird vegetables that you can find in your grocery store that you like don't even see because you're just like, I don't know what that is. I don't know how to cook it. And so I I swear to so it looks almost like a tree root. It has like it looks like waxy bark on the outside and it's like a really, really, really big sweet potato kind of, I guess, is like shape wise. And I swear to God, you peel off the skin and it reminded me of the rind of a cheese. It's just very straight. But the moral of the story is it made really really awesome oven fries so if you're Ooh. brave enough to try yuca i totally recommend it except maybe i shouldn't because now yeah, i'm really like you're hating on your vegetable. Your, your i know <laughs> i'm like advertising this this vegetable that is not even remotely native to the great state of new hampshire <laughs> the the students of the dairy village elementary school yeah, from 2013 crying, are probably right. like they're like gen z no they're not crying they're gen z they're gonna be like go like start a meme against me on twitter so they're typing I'll skull emojis at you as we speak all right that wraps it up for our episode today you can find more information and episodes at citizenscount.org we'd also like to thank franklin pierce university for producing and the granite state news collaborative for hosting this podcast our theme music is composed by oh not composed but composed (laughs) by the one and only mike dunbar lastly we thank you for giving us a listen and thinking about how you can be a part of what makes New Hampshire by the people for the people. 